one. How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined by none other than Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people, man. Back in the state of Georgia, I am. No more Nashville, Tennessee. Great city, loved every second there, but I'm back in the state of Georgia, ready to rock and roll again. Hey guys, Ben's back. Ben is back to being a Falcons fan once again. He's left the Titans <laughs> behind in Nashville. I'm, I'm kidding. Wait, Ben, is that the case, or are you still going to pull for both teams? No, I pull for Derrick Henry, and that's it. Hey, fair enough. That's his Alabama boy, so can't blame him at all for that. Um, as I forgot to mention earlier, today's date is Tuesday, February 1st, 2022. This is our first podcast of the month of February, obviously with it being the first, but also too with uh, Sunday being um, Conference Championship Sunday. Ben, you know what? I was going to start this thing off and ask what the hell happened in Kansas City, but you know what? I think we got to give the Bengals their due here. So guys, our Super Bowl is set. We have the Rams, which me and Ben both predicted would go to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season last year. Didn't we both? I know I picked Tampa Bay last year. Didn't you have Tampa Bay as well? Ah, I think I did. I can't imagine I picked against Tom Brady. Yeah, I remember last year I had the exact Super Bowl correct somehow. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say last year's was that hard. I mean, you had Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yeah, I've had the AFC wrong back to back. I went Bills back to back years and they just can't get it done. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I don't think anybody had the Bengals making it this far. But let's talk about them, man. Let's get down to it here. Look, got it. Got to tip my hat, man. What a what a win by Cincinnati, man! This team never gave up, and this team fought back. You know, at halftime, I was sitting, I got, all, I hopped off the plane. I was fortunate enough to be able to watch the game while I was on the plane, and be able to watch it on my phone as I was walking through the airport. And I was thinking to myself the entire first half, did we really expect anything else to happen? Then all of a sudden, yeah. you see Kansas City run one of the most mysterious plays. I mean, what the hell is Patrick Mahomes thinking throwing that ball backwards? Tyreek Hill. I did listen to a couple podcasts. They said that they checked back extensively to see if Mahomes got hit in the head or anything. There is no way that he could have had a concussion. So, look, we'll talk about what happened there later on. But we came out in the second half, and Cincinnati came out with their heads on fire. This team marched up and down the field, throwing the football and doing all the things that worked for him. I mean, on third down and goal, Joe Burrow threw up a prayer, and his prayer was answered by none other than Jamar Chase, who was just somehow in one-on-one coverage. I mean, the second Joe Burrow saw that, he went in through it. But honestly, Ben, this was the Joe Burrow game, man. Not to say that Burrow outplayed himself in other games. He probably had better games at in this regular season. But in crunch time, not only did he come through for his team, but he made some huge plays. I mean, he had Christian Jones, who's got to be double his weight, basically had him in the backfield. Somehow he gets away from it and runs from it. I mean, Burrow has an injured knee for crying out loud and is outrunning the Kansas City pass rush. I mean, we watched him do it the entire playoffs, and he did it again here in this game. I mean, Cincinnati seemed to find the big play they needed on every third down. T. Higgins had a hell of a game. It's, I mean, it feels like T. Higgins got taller as the game went on. He's an absolute monster. I mean, look, I'm going to say this, man. I didn't agree with some of the Cincinnati draft picks. Like in the draft where they p- drafted Joe Burrow, they drafted T. Higgins with their first pick in the second round. I said they should have gone with an offensive lineman. Clearly, they knew what they were doing. Once again, I think you, I know I bashed them for a fact. I don't know if you did as well, but I said they should have gone Pina Sewell over Jamar Chase. They wouldn't have won that game without Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. They would not have happened. The offensive lineman wouldn't have done shit for him in this game. Got to give it to be, Cincinnati. They wouldn't be anywhere close to where they are right now if they took Sewell yeah. uh, over Jamar Chase. I mean, he's an all pro <laughs> receiver in his rookie year. Yeah. Uh, he might be the best the- receiver in the NFL at this point. The craziest stat is the Bengals have the same odds to to win the Super Bowl as the Jaguars. 
Well, the Jaguars have the number one pick in the draft, and the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. The same odds to win the Super Bowl, and one has the number one overall pick. The other one is two weeks away from playing it. So, yeah, I mean, Burrow is, at this point, he's a god. I mean, there's he's trying to become the first player ever to win the Heisman Trophy, a national championship in college, and the Super Bowl. And he's going to have another decade to get it done. If he's the number one overall pick. And be the, okay, yeah. I mean, it's just – and he's got another decade. I mean, so what if he doesn't do it now? The odds of him getting back at this point are pretty high, even though the AFC is obviously a crowded and young quarterback um, conference. It's <clears> – <throat> this team's incredible. I, you know, I went two and two. I went one and two on props and uh, just had the one Bengals plus seven in the game. I, I probably should have picked T. Higgins over Tyler Boyd since – I mean, they, they both just can kind of flip-flop. So yeah. I've kind of learned my lesson now, but – you know, there was a play like a, the Jamar Chase touchdown. It's one-on-one coverage. And the announcer was like, that's got to be a mistake. And I looked at my dad and I was like, why would you not throw it in Chase here? They throw a fade to him. It's like the easiest completion of all time. It's just, I don't know why he's one-on-one Jamar Chase at any point in a Bengals game. Listen, the offensive line still isn't good and they're still winning football games. They're going to have their toughest test, obviously going against the Rams. who have three just studs on the defensive line and Floyd. Von Miller, who's already been a Super Bowl MVP, and Aaron Donald. So we'll see if they can hold up Joe Burrow for one more game. But what what this kid's doing, what Burrow's doing, is just so legendary at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Joe Burrow absolutely balling out. I'm glad you I'm glad you shifted it back over to me with that because it's the point I want to make here. Joe Burrow, I mean. Look, I think Cincinnati's key to success is they have the superstar elite quarterback. Joe Burrow in year two, who comes back off and torn ACL. I mean, how often do you see a guy? Most of the time you see guys off torn ACLs have a down season and then be back the next year. His was a bad – his was a really bad injury too. It wasn't just like your normal ACL mm-hmm. that's kind of turned into like pitchers in baseball having Tommy John. There's a lot of athletes who tear their ACL. His was His was bad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a, it was a brutal injury for him, and – He's back to throwing touchdowns again. I mean, Joe Burrow. Yeah, exactly. Joe Burrow's the heart and soul of this team. I mean, Cincinnati didn't even really run the ball. We hit our Joe Mixon under rush yards in this game. It was all Joe Burrow spreading it out and throwing to these receivers. No, I think Mixon Mixon ended up going off in the fourth quarter. Oh, he did? Yeah, he had like 80-something yards total, I believe. Oh, shit. Yeah, I didn't even end up playing props. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow balled out and put the team on his back in this game. Also, too, Trey Hendrickson out there playing with one shoulder. We said we didn't think he'd be a factor. He really was a factor in this game. He's got the mean, most quarterback pressures of anyone in the playoffs right now. Yeah, the Saints probably should have let him go, and I'm pretty sure we also bashed them for the Bengals for letting Carl Lawson go in the offseason. It appears somebody knows what they're doing up there is in charge of player personnel in Cincinnati. The guy who didn't pay Carl Lawson and played paid Trey Hendrickson. I thought – you know, I Zach just thought, Taylor, there was rumors of him getting fired. Yeah, exactly. Zach Taylor went from hot seat to the Super Bowl, and now he's going to get extended, and he looks like the genius. He's going up against his former – the guy who mentored him, Sean McVay, in the Super Bowl. But, look, I think really the biggest thing for Cincinnati is not only how resilient this team was, but the fact that they switched up what they were doing in the second half. The second half, they were dropped eight into coverage on over 50% of the plays, and I think that really messed with Kansas City, and we really saw it in the second half as Mahomes and them couldn't do anything. Look, Ben – I've thought about it a lot, and this is what I think happened. It, it really took me till today. This is why I didn't want to podcast yesterday. I needed an extra day just to think about it. I've never been so shocked by something that happened as watching this game and how it unfolded, but I really think Kansas City reverted back to what they were doing when they were struggling at the beginning of the season. 
I think they got through the first half of the game. Even It really happened on the last play when Mahomes threw that backwards pass. I think he just had the mindset, I'm Patrick Mahomes, you're Tyreek Hill, we're the Kansas City Chiefs, we score touchdowns easily, you know? Andy Reid should have called him off the field, take him the three points, you come back in the second half, you get three points again. I mean, that's basically like scoring a touchdown right there, you know? Instead, it was like Mahomes wanted to keep going for big play after big play after big play, and he just kept barely missing it. And that's back to what they did at the beginning of the season when they were struggling is they kept going for all the big plays and playing undisciplined. And I really think that's happened. I also think a little bit it had to do with it to the letdown from what happened last week in Buffalo. I mean, you can put it however you want it, but that was what, I mean, people were saying that was the biggest, that was the biggest, like that was the craziest game in NFL history. People were giving up that much hype of what happened last week against Buffalo. I think that had to do a little bit of it too. I think they were a little emotionally drained. And I think they were like, oh, we got this. Cincinnati's a bunch of scrubs. Let's move on to next week. And we're going to the Super Bowl, man, in 30 minutes rather than, yo, we still got a game to play here. Let's come out here, get one more score on the board and then call. You know what I mean? Yeah, I honestly think it's the same Andy Reid that gets in his own way, like we've seen in a lot of years. Mm-hmm. For some reason, listen, I know that he has Mahomes, and Mahomes can pretty much do anything on the football field, right? Why does Andy Reid refuse to run the football when they have success running the football? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who they took a first-round pick on, mm-hmm. had six carries in this game, and he was averaging six yards per carry. Jerry McKinnon had 12 rushes in this game. He's averaging 5.4 yards per carry. So why did you stop running the football in the second yep. half? I, I Listen, I get it. Mahomes can do everything. He can throw the ball 50 times, no problem, and win you football games. He doesn't have to. You're running the football with a lot of success, averaging 5.4 and 6 yards per carry for your two top rushers. Run the football. Get balance. It opens up the play action game. It, it, it's football one-on-one. Running the football successfully opens up the pass game. That's always been true in football, and it always will be true. Plus, he just gets in his own way coaching. Yeah. Plus, I mean, me and you aren't football coaches, but we know when you have a big lead, you run the football and take down the clock. They would throw the ball in these first downs and then they'd get behind the chain. So then they throw on second down and they throw on third down and they're off the field 25 seconds and their defense is back on the field and keeps getting tired. You know, it's simple football logic. And like you said, I mean, it felt like like they were having success. It's not like they couldn't run the football. Exactly. You can't run the football, then I get it. But Edwards Alaire was six for 36. That's six yards per rush. That's extremely successful. That is damn good. Yeah, if you can, I mean, if you run for four yards, why did they per draft carry, him first overall if they're giving him six carries? Jerry McKinnon had got more carries than him in the last like three, four weeks of the season. So why did you draft Edward Tolaire if you're not going to use him? It's beyond me, Ben. <laughs> I wish I, could, I wish I had the answer. He's for not you a on bad football player. He's pretty. He's been pretty good. I mean, he's mm-hmm. had some fumble issues and obviously an injury, but. He's been, for what the Chiefs need as a running back, he's been just fine. No, I agree with you completely on that one. All around foolish, in my opinion, on on uh, what what was going on there with them. Burrow, Burrow and Chase are 9-0 and in playoff games together, dating back to college, obviously. Wow, that's a crazy thing to think about. They just don't lose in, in, in must-win games. That's actually insane. Uh, wait, you said 9-0? and Yeah. Wait, what playoff games? Are they? I thought they only played in two in college and then three in the NFL. I saw some, I saw some stats. They were nine and zero. Oh, they must have. Oh, they they definitely won their bowl game together too. I oh, know, probably that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That counts, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense then. Um, what what was I going to say about? Oh, the other dumb thing I thought Kansas City did was at the end of regulation. SEC it was, championships too probably count. 
you're right. You're right. Good call. Um, <clears throat> the other dumb thing that Kansas City, I thought, did before the end of regulation was, you know, why did why did they not run the ball? You got the ball down on the two-yard line there. I mean, I get it. You're trying to waste the clock. You run the ball on the first play. The next play, Mahomes drops back and gets sacked, and then he loses, like, 20 more that yards. Sack and gets sacked so again. Bad. Like, the first one was so dumb. He fumbled, it was, too. I know. Back, like, yeah. almost. If, imagine if they didn't get that ball back. We wouldn't even have had to play overtime, you know? Um, I feel like that – I don't know. It's just so dumb. Like, I really don't know what Mahomes was doing. I mean, obviously, he took the sack he to keep the clock to running, but but why would you do that, Mahomes? Why would you take the sack to let the clock keep running? Who cares? Throw the ball away and then run it on the next play, and then you can take the clock down. I mean, you got to trust yourself and trust your defense that if you can get the lead back, you can possibly win the game. It was like he was trying to do all that runaround crap he was doing in the first half, you know, and it just wasn't working at all. Overall, I mean – How about look, the overtime rules? People are pretty quiet about it now. Yeah, I was I was about to say that. I was about to say all this led though to the biggest change. I mean, all of a sudden now the overtime rule doesn't look that bad. At the end of the day, I'm I like the overtime rule still. It's like I said last week. You can't sit there and play in another two-quarter game. I mean, these teams have to turn around and play next week. You know, if you if you want to win the game, maybe your defense should get a stop. What did Cincinnati do? Their defense got a stop and they won the game. I'd be fine if they tweaked it a little bit to where both teams do get a position. I wouldn't want it like college, but Mm -hmm. just like a small tweak. But I also don't – I think people overreact. Everyone's like, it's impossible this, it's impossible that. Buffalo had the number one defense in the NFL this year. Why is it impossible for them to get a stop? And I get it. They weren't stopping Kansas City in the second half, and Kansas City wasn't stopping Buffalo. That doesn't mean you can't get a stop. Cincinnati's defense, I wouldn't even say is that good, and they made that stop look easy. It was a three and out by Kansas City, and they got a pick. Yeah, they made the second half. They made the first half look like they were playing against the Chiefs. They made the second half look like they were playing against the Jags. I mean, it was literally night and freaking day, man. Um, shoot. Oh, I remember the other thing I wanted to talk about too before we move on to the next game. Got two quick topics here, Ben. First thing I have yep. to ask you, man: Is it time that we start talking about Patrick Mahomes as being a choke artist, or do we still, th- or is it too early to bring that up? I mean, he is now what? He's one and four, or he's he's, he's two five and straight two. AFC championships and one Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's a choke artist yet. I'd say he's starting to go down the Aaron Rodgers path, though. He plays a, with a lot of talent and just simply just can't get it done in the in the in the brightest moments. I mean, he hasn't played bad in, in all the games that he's lost in. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say he had his best game against the Bengals, but he certainly didn't play poorly. It's just at this point, it's this is who Andy Reid is. Like he's a phenomenal coach. I I, I wouldn't doubt that he's a Hall of Fame coach, but. It's who he is at this point. He did it with the Eagles when he had McNabb, and he's doing it with Mahomes right now. He gets the teams far, and they just can't get over the hump. And obviously, he's gotten over the hump since he's won Mm -hmm. Super Bowl. But, I mean, right now, he's been to five straight AFC Championship games, and he's got one Super Bowl with Mahomes. The Packers got two Super Bowls with Favre and Rodgers. Like, that's that's the path the Chiefs are down right now. Yeah, you know – I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this is the that this loss for Mahomes I think is gonna be career altering, in a good way. I think Mahomes I bet you he's sick to his stomach right now. I bet you he's still sick to his stomach right now. I bet he's sitting there thinking, you know, we did this wrong, we did this wrong, we could have done this better. And you know, I think Mahomes is gonna look back on this and learn the discipline and learn the things that he you know was lacking from his game and that he's gonna plug them in right here now and be successful. I think these were the 
tough breaks, you know, that you need. I mean, every champion needs something tough. For example, LeBron James, he got up two games to one Dirk and them in the finals and started laughing, making jokes, saying it was going to be easy and stuff. And then they turned around and lost three games in a row and got absolutely embarrassed losing to a Mavericks team that outside of Dirk Nowitzki had no, I mean, don't get me wrong. Dirk's an all-time great player, but that team had no business even winning two games in that series, let alone beating them. I think this is the exact same thing for Patrick Mahomes. I really think Pat Mahomes is going to sit there and think about this all off season. It's going to be the fuel that motivates him to get up in the morning. It's going to be the fuel that motivates him to get better. And it's going to be the fuel that helps him win an NFL championship next season. I got, I mean, no doubt that he'll be back playing AMC championship games and Super Bowl appearances in the near future. Yeah, it just I would, might not be an every year thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's unrealistic for someone to go every year. Brady didn't need to do that. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely on that one. I mean, even Tom Brady. I mean, the, I was th- I didn't even realize this. I was actually listening to another podcast and they were talking about if this was the biggest collapse in NFL playoff history. And Brady and the Patriots blew a, a larger lead than that to Indianapolis in a play in the AFC Championship a couple of years back. So the largest, Manning the largest one is our the largest one is our team. Chill, chill, chill. I don't even want to think about that one. Obviously, that one. I just didn't want to mention it. But even Brady did it, though, where he blew a big lead. Look, I think this is going to be the career-turning moment in in Mahomes' career and really propel him to greatness. I think this was the final, like, kick in the ass that he really needed, you know, to remind him that no matter what, it's not going to be easy. Oh, yeah. I mean, every team's going to have turnover, you know, but – They'll keep. They'll find a way to keep on pushing. The thing is, though, I think they need to start thinking about those how they're going to replace Tyree Kill because he's only going to keep getting older and older and older. You know. And I think Tyron Matthews a big loss. He didn't play in the last two weeks, and I wouldn't say the defensive secondary played great. He's a leader. Yeah, no, they definitely did not. Um, ben, before we switch over to the other game, real quick, the last other thing I want to say. By the way, I apologize. To any Cincinnati people, if we didn't talk about the Bengals enough, trust me, we'll cover them plenty on the next podcast when we talk about the Super Bowl and whatnot. But um, Ben, let's let's talk about it real quick, just real quickly. If you had to take five quarterbacks to start your franchise with, in order, let me get them. You want if you want me to, I can go first. Go ahead. All right. What number one? I'm taking Patrick Mahomes still. Number two, I'm taking Josh Allen still. Number three, I might be a fool for this. I'm going to do it anyway, though. I absolutely have to take Justin Herbert. Number four, I'll take Joe Burrow. And at number five, I'm going to take Deshaun Watson. That is if the legal okay. troubles don't exist. I'm taking Deshaun Watson. <laughs> um, Mahomes, I would take first. Allen, second. Burrow, third. Okay. Um, who do I want? <clears throat> um, you know, like I, Herbert's in the top five. I'm, I'm thinking he's gonna be my fifth. I still, I still think Dak Prescott's a really good quarterback. Okay. I would take Dak, Dak four, and uh, Herbert five. I think. You know, I don't hate that at all, and I definitely don't hate you putting – you know, I can under, I can understand both arguments about not having Herbert there. I just think Herbert has all the physical schools, tools. I just look back on two games that changed the entire season for him, and they fall on his dumbass coach. So I kind of don't yeah, – I don't really blame him for those. Yeah. I yeah. mean, literally, if his coach had kicked one of those field goals in the Kansas City game, who knows? Kansas City might not even have been the one seed in that game. Could have been played in Buffalo, and Buffalo could have been <laughs> the team losing to the Bengals. So who knows, man? Um 
All right. Anyway, let's move on though to the next game. This game, uh, this game. I'm not gonna lie, guys. Both these games hurt. I had two nice uh, futures that a, a little bit of money could have won me about a thousand dollars on either one of these if Kansas City won the Super Bowl or if uh, the 49ers had won the NFC. So this one hurt. But Ben, let's talk about it, man. Ben, what propelled the Rams to be able to come back and win this game and hold on when it looks like they were going to choke once again under McVay? They got great balance. They really do. Akers and, and Sony Michelle are running the football very well. Um, it's, I mean, Stafford, obviously, he, you know, he threw a pick in this game, but Stafford's playing great football. And it's, it's crazy that, like, by, you know, like the old expression, like addition by subtraction, like Robert Woods was a big loss for this team, but it allowed Odell Beckham Jr. to shine. And what mm-hmm. he's done is just unbelievable. First of all, he catches everything thrown his way. Second of all, he's he's just unguardable at the moment. I mean, he's he is so open on any route that he wants right now. And what does that do? Well, that frees up Cooper Cup because now you can't double team him. And between Cup and between Odell Beckham and between the balance that they have with their two running backs, it's allowing Stafford to play free. Doesn't look look like it just looks like he's dropping back and firing it right he's got the cannon of an arm he doesn't have to think too much their their balance and and their defensive line pressure is what's what's winning them football games even if they're not getting sacked Aaron Donald Vaughn Miller Leonard Floyd and uh can't think of the other guy he's a smaller name but they're putting pressure on quarterbacks and the guy like Jimmy G you put pressure on him and he gets happy feet and he Mm -hmm. just can't throw the he can't even he's like such a bad passer when his feet aren't set and your feet aren't it's you can't have a perfect play you can't throw a perfect ball every single time in the nfl every single time that he rolls out he it looks like he's throwing a pick the Rams should have had four interceptions in that game and it's just they got a lot of balance right now and they have a good football coach yeah, um, you know, actually, Sean McVay could have ended up looking like an idiot. Fortunately for him, yeah, fortunately the timeouts, for timeouts. I mean, in the challenge, I mean, the challenge looks stupid. Both one thing, challenges. One thing I do want to say, I did. Did you feel like too that the Rams had at least four times where they could have called them for delay of game and they just chose to look yeah, the other way? Yeah, the delay of game. I there was a couple of them. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't McVay's sharpest coaching game, but overall, he's a good coach. That's what I meant. But like, yeah, yeah I mean two challenges and just the timeouts. He looked like a moron, but I, it didn't end up mattering. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy to see a quarterback have to use the silent count in his own stadium, which we watched Stafford have to do. But I mean, Ben, I was, I'd have to again. Yeah, honestly, he probably, shit. He probably, he definitely will have to, there'll probably be You're a, a Bengals fan. Why, how are you not going to this game? Well, I don't know if you saw or not, but it's good. It's over 5k to get in this stadium. Well, if, you have, if you got, if you have the money, if you have the money. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you have the money, what are you doing? The Rams are the away team in the Super Bowl, by the way. That's crazy. They're going to be in the away locker room. Um, yeah. Look, honestly, the Rams, man, they leaned on what got them there. Sean McVay's run game and Cooper cup. They got them there yep. in this game. Odell Beckham jr. Had some big plays. Look, the 49ers definitely had their opportunities, but at the end of the day, I think this is the last time we'll ever see Jimmy Garoppolo take a snap as a San Francisco 49er. And yeah. actually, I saw a rumor leak out today that him and the 49ers are working together to find a trade partner for him. But also on top of that and all, all of that that happened, I thought Odell Beckham Jr. made some big plays with even, I mean, literally the play that to me that defined the entire game was when Jaquiski Tart dropped the game-winning interception. Oh. 
I mean, I was sick to my stomach, but then Odell Beckham Jr. turns around and gets a 35-yard catch and gets hit in the helmet for an extra 15-yard penalty. I mean, that's just how it goes, man. You dr- you drop a big it's momentum himself. shifter like that, all the momentum goes in the other way against you. That's just how it goes, man. That's the way football is played. But I actually Listen, they thought- lost to a more talent. They lost to a more talented football team. Exactly. It's just at the end of the day, the quarterbacks were. I mean, there's such a difference between Matt Stafford and Jimmy Garoppolo. Absolutely. And you know what, Ben? I thought that the I thought the Rams real team leader outside of Sean McVay was the one who stepped up and lit the fire under their asses. That's Aaron Donald. After that, we saw them go up big. They cut over to Aaron Donald on the on the sideline, and Aikman and uh, Buck were saying, you know, Donald's not a real vocal guy. He was over there with his helmet off, yelling in everybody's faces, saying, let's get it together. Let's go out there and get the big stop. And what did they do? They went out there and got the big-time stop. Aaron Donald is the true leader of this team, and he got everyone to step up on that. And, I mean, Vaughn Miller was a menace, man. He was flying around everywhere, all over Jimmy G and the boys. I thought those were two key things. But also, too, I mean – hindsight you can say whatever you want to about hindsight i really thought that on that fourth down at midfield that they should have gone for it when they try when they after mcveigh challenged the fumble you know i thought you should have done something i mean mcveigh got i mean shanahan got a little cute on third down when he tried to run that fake like pulling guard play to the edge and try to run inside with use check i felt like you had to do something there man to go for it right there the game's on the line i mean if you don't get it the rams are going to score and you're still going to have time you know to go down the field and score again i mean they even still had time to go down the field and score again it was just tough to see the way it all went down for them but ultimately like you said the better team definitely won yeah i mean still we got to give a shout out to debo samuel he actually for the first time in a long time wasn't the best player on the field that might have been odell or or cooper cup this game but i mean probably cup this guy was just un. Well, yeah, Cup had two touchdowns. I forgot. Um, what Debo Samuel was doing for this team is just uh, no one should have to do that much just for your team to win one football game. But the fact that he can do it every single week and he's been banged up is just mm-hmm. major props to him. He's an absolute stud. I agree completely. Um, anything else you want to talk about about this game before that we uh, move on? No, that's pretty much it. And I, I agree with you on the Jimmy G thing. It's 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 time. He he's yeah. giving you everything he could. Now I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to be the next starting quarterback. There is a possibility Aaron Rodgers could be coming out to San Francisco. I mean, there's a possibility they could get somebody else. But there's a chance. I still like what Lance. Like I I I'm just a fan of quarterbacks same. sitting behind a, a veteran. Like whether Jimmy G was willing to help the kid out or not, I don't know. But just being around him in the quarterback room had to help some. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jimmy G definitely helped him out. I mean, you didn't really hear anything kind about of similar it. Similar to the style of quarterback Alex Smith was. Yeah, and you Alex didn't Smith hear any. Probably like, a little bit better, but. Yeah, and you didn't hear any like negative stuff either about it. So I feel like he was probably pretty helpful to him and tried to help him out ultimately. Um, it's and, just tough when you can't move. When you can't move in the NFL as a quarterback, it's tough. It's tougher to call plays. Mm-hmm. I agree with you completely. And I mean, we saw Lance grow as the season went on. When he got his second opportunity at being the starting quarterback, we saw him, especially in the second half of that game, thrive a lot. So I think there's a lot of room for growth with him. But then somehow we made it this far without mentioning possibly the biggest topic that happened, even bigger than what's going on, than what happened in these games. Tom Brady has officially retired after what was it, 22 seasons? 22. 22 seasons in NFL starting quarterback, guys. Tom Brady will not take another snap, allegedly. Um, nah, he's done. He ain't coming back. <laughs> I agree, and I hope so. Ben, first off, just give me your general thoughts on it, and let's just kind of go, go from there. He's the GOAT. Uh, that's obvious. He got better with age somehow, mm-hmm. and 
feel like he he went about his career, did it his way, right? I mean, he was with one organization for 20 years, won six Super Bowls, and just kind of got tired of it there and said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the place where I want to go. And he goes to Tampa Bay, changes the culture, changes the organization immediately. I remember there was like a quote that came out that's I don't know, like Mike Evans or Godwin or or one of the linebackers, they're like, we have never practiced this hard. We didn't we didn't look like this before. And he's just the best, man. He he's probably the best teammate to be around. He's the best player to ever play the game. I, I would have met he's got it seems like every record book and I would imagine some of his records probably won't ever be touched. And yep. listen, he did it his way. He's going, I wish he would have gone out totally his way, but I don't really care that much. Schefter and Darlington were just doing their jobs, but um, I mean, Brady should not have to wait till 2027 to get into the hall of fame. That would be, I mean, I like, I think the only other athlete off the top of my head that didn't have to wait for it was Wayne Gretzky in hockey. And he's still considered the goat in hockey. Um, uh, Brady shouldn't have to wait five years. The only reason why I'm going to disagree with you on that one and say that he should have to wait five years to go in is because, you know, like once you first retire and everything, like everybody's still thinking about you and you're still talked about, you know, once it gets to that five years, it's kind of like you kind of flint off the radar a little bit. It really brings everyone back to remember how great you were and how great of a player you were. And I think that Brady definitely deserves that because, I mean, as much as I hate Tom Brady, as much as I won't miss him, he for damn sure is the best football player we'll ever watch in our career. Like you said, he was the ageless wonder, and he got better as he kept going on. He learned. Look, He's we going saw, out, leading the league in touchdown passes and yards. Exactly, and I think and, people, and multiple other categories. Exactly, and I think the people who really you know are bashing Mahomes right now forget. I mean, we saw Brady fall short and come up short, choke many times as a player. I mean, shit, we just saw him do it his last time as a quarterback. I mean, don't get me wrong, everybody was hurt, but I mean, we definitely saw Brady come up short too. It happens. Even the best player doesn't win the championship every single there year. Was you a, know? There was a final four where Brady was facing the other quarterbacks, where Blake Bortles. Nick Foles and who was the other one? Oh, um, the Eagles beat the, they beat the Vikings. It was uh, what's his face? Oh, um, Case Keenum. Yep, Keenum. Yeah, I mean, you would and think he didn't win the Super Bowl. He lost. Yeah, the I mean, it happens. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it happens. Exactly. Um, the guys. only reason, the one reason why I wouldn't mind Brady having the ways because I do believe that Brady should go to the Hall of Fame together. That's a good point. I mean, all of Gronk's success is because of Tom Brady and a lot of Tom Brady, not all of it because Tom Brady played with a lot of good players, but a lot of his success is because of Gronk as well. I agree completely. I think they're both done as well. I mean, Gronk looks pretty done, especially at the end of the season. I mean, he came out of retirement and said the only quarterback I'm playing for is Brady. Who who was he going to play for Kyle Trask now or whoever (laughs) they bring in? I don't think Trask will be the starting quarterback. And he's just so beat up. I mean, Gronk is still, he's still really good, but, Man, he it looks so painful to watch him run and stuff. It's just like mm-hmm. it, it, it's time for it, it's time for him to move on from football. It's got plenty of money. No, I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. Plus, um, spending days you're spending the rest of your days with Camille Costic isn't isn't the worst thing in the world. No, nah, that <laughs> definitely not the worst thing in the world. Definitely not. Um, Ben, I think the last thing that we need to really m- mention on the topic of Brady go. Actually, you know what? What's your favorite memory of Tom Brady as a quarterback? Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not a Patriots fan, so I mean, all the all the glory that he's had, I wouldn't say I was happy he that all of that happened. I mean, honestly, just the success that he had for 22 years. 
or mm-hmm. out of the 22 years up, he probably had what 21 to 20, 20, 20 to 21 years of success. I mean, it's just the longevity I think is, is the biggest thing that, that I would say that is the most impressive with Tom Brady. I mean, no one is ever going to play for 22 years at the level that he did. Yeah, I mean, look, I would say the thing I'll remember the most about him is how that I watched him be still be the best quarterback, if not the second or third best quarterback in the league at 43, 44 years old. You know, the fact that he's still able to dominate and be that competitive. But actually, my favorite memory is kind of a funny one. That game when they played on Thursday Night Football and lost to the Bears when he slammed down his helmet and was cussing out all the offensive linemen. I don't know why, but I just thought that was absolutely hilarious to see him freak out on the offensive linemen. He's just got too many good memories to just like pick one. He's just done it all. I mean, he's got seven, mm-hmm. what, seven Super Bowls? Yeah, like I even remember the one against the Jags, obviously when they ended up losing in the Super Bowl, but the one against the Jags where he had like the stitches on his hand and he had to practice with it all week on his throwing hand. That was like the huge story. They're like, oh no, Brady's hand's going to be hurt. And he still came back and beat the number one defense in the NFL with stitches in his hand and with Julian Edelman as his only wide receiver. The guy's unbelievable. He's one Tom, of a kind. Yeah, he's Tom Brady for a reason. Um, you know what, Ben? Honestly, we can bump the the Hawks topic to next week's podca- podcast. I feel like we should probably keep everything just with football this week. But um, Are you, you know, saying that because the win streak's over? <laughs> <laughs> that and, unfortunately, man, work working in the office all day has me getting home with so many freaking things to do. It's a good thing you can't see my room right now because it's insanely dirty and I need to clean it up. But um, and run errands too, which sucks. But um, oh, the other thing I want to talk about real quick before we get out of here is now that Brady's gone, Ben, do you think all these quarterback dominoes are going to start falling here soon, and they're all going to start changing, changing up, and coming to the NFC or moving teams in the NFC? I mean, the AFC quarterback battle is absolutely insane for the future, and obviously, um, Herbert Burrow, Mahomes, Allen. Mac Jones, if you want to include him, since he made the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, all of these guys are so, so young. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's probably not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll see at least – I think I could see Jimmy G being quarterback in Tampa Bay. I could see Kirk Cousins moving on. I could also see Russell Wilson asking for a trade. I think Aaron Rodgers' best bet, though, is staying put. I know they're kind of in cap hell, but I think they should try to figure things out with Rodgers. I mean, you also have, yeah, I mean, first of all, Kirk Cousins going to stay with the Vikings with a new GM, a new coach coming in. That's going to be an interesting scenario for him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest thing is, like, I think the AFC North is the biggest division because, obviously, the Steelers need a new quarterback. Lamar and the Ravens would be back healthy, which means they're a phenomenal team. And what do the Browns do? The Browns have shown improvement over the last two years, but – I wouldn't say it's because of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, no, that is facts. I mean, there could be a lot of quarterbacks Who's on the, the other team? this year. I'm forgetting a team. What, in that division? I'm forgetting a team in the AFC North. Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati. Well, duh. Um, and Cincinnati is clearly not going anywhere. I mean, they're not going to be this good every single year, but they should make the playoffs, you know, a lot over the next 10 years. Yeah, exactly. As long as Jamar Chase and – Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and company are healthy. They should be just fine. And that team, I mean, the offense, Burrow, Mixon, Chase, Higgins, and I don't know Boyd's age, but all of them are like under 25. 
Yeah, Boyd's probably like 28 or 29. He came out. Yeah, it's just ridiculous that these guys are this good at this young age. Yeah. All pro as a rookie, him and Justin Jefferson. Yeah, crazy to think that him, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow were all in the same offense when they were in college. Yeah, Boyd's 27 years old. That is just and guess at- what? The guy, the guy who coached them all on offense is looking for a job. Insane. Don't just- let Alabama get Joe Brady, folks. <laughs> Yeah, that is definitely one thing that college football doesn't want to see. Um, just a little sidebar news here. Caleb Williams on the move to USC. Any thoughts on that, Ben? Yeah, it's not that shocking. It's former coaches there, and multiple teammates went there. Um, there was a question I saw earlier. It's like, you know, just because you can do it, does that mean you should do it? Meaning Lincoln Riley just absolutely poaching Oklahoma's best players? They don't have to go. It's every kid's decision. Mm-hmm. And if they don't feel like the University of Oklahoma and Brett Venables can provide the same future that um, Lincoln Riley and USC can, then they're not going to stay. I'd, I'd rather live in Los Angeles. Yeah, I would too. Oklahoma. I think it's a no-brainer, and I think I think Caleb Williams is smart for getting out of there. Honestly, you know, at the end of the day, he came there to play with Lincoln Riley. I can't blame it all. And let's be honest, we all knew this was going to happen. I think so. The rumor was him to Georgia, which was the one I was saying this should happen. Obviously, Georgia's going to welcome Stetson Bennett back with open arms to be their starting quarterback again. So I think it all makes sense at the end of the day that he goes there, and I don't think there should be any hard feelings across the way. The USC year one for Lincoln Riley is going to be really interesting because just because he has these guys does not mean they're going to be good right away. Like mm-hmm. If you watched USC games, which I know you watched a couple last year, like their offensive and defensive line, get in, they got embarrassed week in and week out. Like They were horrible in the trenches. And just because yeah. you get a nice quarterback, flashy receivers, and this and that, that doesn't mean you're going to be good. But if Lincoln Riley is not good year one, let's say he wins just like seven games, people are not going to be happy with him. And I get it. Like, not USC people, they'll be fine year one. But, like, the national media is like, well, is he ever going to get it done? I mean, which it won't be fair because it'll only be year one. But, yeah, like, that's going to be the storyline. And it is what it is. I mean – he has so many five stars that he's brought in. And you would think USC should be a lot better right away. And I don't know if that's the case, even though there's not much competition on the West Coast. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely on that. I mean, at the end of the day, though, even if USC is not like, I mean, first off, I think USC should be better. I mean, think about it. You don't have Cristobal out should there be. anymore. Washington is not that good of a program anymore. I think I think eight or nine wins should be the expectation, you know, for his first year. I think that's reasonable. But at the same time, also, too, during the Clay Helton regime there, I really think USC had a lot of talent. Like, I remember whenever I'd watch USC games, every single player on the team, whenever they would make any kind of play, they'd be bragging about how highly touted of a recruit the guy was, and he wasn't doing anything, you know. A lot of you know? receivers in the NFL. Clay yeah, they put a ton in there. Michael Pittman, Amra St. Brown, uh, Buddy who's coming out this year. I mean, there was a couple more before that even. You know, they, they put a ton of receivers in the NFL. And, I mean, their defensive Juju line. Juju yeah, Juju. I mean, their defense their defense is stacked up, too, with tons of NFL talent. I think that Lincoln Riley, though, is the guy who will maximize that talent. Number one ranking in the transfer portal. They just passed Ole Miss today. Ole Miss. Good God, Glenn Kiffin. What a tremendous yeah. job he did in the portal. Yeah, Jackson Dart, uh, Zach Evans. Just and the tight him. end. Mm-hmm. The tight end from USC came with Jackson Dart. Yeah, by the way, um, the number that number three recruit at running back Alabama got just entered the transfer portal. Yeah, there was rumors that he was leaving. Yeah, I'm sure you're not worried about it though. You got Jameer Gibbs, so you'll be fine. And yeah, they this team's gonna be so loaded next year. 
Absolutely. All right, Ben. Well, I say we go ahead and uh, get out of here and uh, call it a podcast. Um, anything else from you before we call it quits? That'll be all. That'll be all. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate everyone who tuned in today, and we'll talk to you all again soon.